0: Just what Raj said there about people not being fearful I just felt like right from the start, just let's just relax. Peace of God is here and we're just going to enjoy God's presence and just relax and chill. Nothing to be frightened about. Okay, so I'm doing one of the Alpha Talks and it's why and how should I tell others? So first of all, we'll talk about the Great Commission. So first and foremost, the reason we should tell others is because Jesus himself asks us to. In the Bible, the word go appears 1,514 times, 233 times in the New Testament, and 54 times in Matthew's Gospel. Stu counted them all for me last night. Thank you, Stu. (laughs) So Jesus tells us to go. He tells us to go to the lost sheep, go and tell John. Go and invite all you meet, go and make disciples. And the last recorded words of Jesus in Matthew's gospel, Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20, says, I think he's putting it on the screen, maybe not. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age. So Jesus commands us to tell others, so there's no excuse really, we've got to do it. It's not always obvious at first, um, but people do need to hear the good news of Jesus. Sometimes we meet people, and when you look at them, that, you know, that need is so apparent, you know that they are desperate for Jesus, and they're just desperate to hear and to accept the good news, and quite often, you'll tell them, and they'll just accept that with open arms, without any persuasion, really, and open hearts, but we can meet other people, and we can look at them and think, wow, why do they need Jesus? They've got great lives, great husbands, great wives, family, lovely homes, big cars and actually they were not nicer than I am really to be honest when you talk to them and but you know it's the truth is the gospel truth is that we all every single one of us we all need a savior and Jesus is his name don't be fooled by what people look like on the outside it says in Romans 3:23 for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So everybody needs a saviour, whether they know it or not. We're all created to worship God. If we don't worship him, we fill that God-shaped hole with other things. We fill it with alcohol, drugs, sex, pleasure, money, materialism, and we can even fill it with good things, with our careers, with our family, with our friends. We can fill it with anything, but if we don't fill it with God, with Jesus, that's what will happen. And I can remember before I became a Christian, I always felt like I had something missing. I was always searching for something. And then when I was 19 years old, my father died and it was just devastating for me. And that hole just got bigger. And that's when my search really began for God. When my earthly father died, that's when I just was looking, you know, for my heavenly father. And that's what people have. They have this hole in their lives. And Jesus is the only one who can satisfy the thirsty hearts of men and women people around us, and sometimes we just have to sit and listen to people, but people around us are screaming out for the truth, and we have the truth, and his name's Jesus. Amen. Yay. <laughs> the gospel is good news, and good news travels fast. I can remember when I mean, I've got five grandchildren now. They're all here this morning. But I can remember when every one of them was born, I was on the phone to every single person. And, it just, and I'd phone, some people to say, we already know, because it just spread that fast because it was such good news. And it's the same, you know, when people get engaged or they're going to get married. It's like, it just spreads like wildfire. And we have good news. The gospel is good news. If you don't believe that what you've received is good news today, Very, very good news that makes you laugh and smile like what Derek was talking about. We'll pray for you today. We'll pray that God will bring that passion back into your lives. It's hard sometimes, though, as new Christians. I mean, we've got a few people here off Alpha today. Thank you so much for coming. But it's hard um, to share your new faith sometimes. And there's two opposite dangers of that. And the first one is insensitivity. And that was me. I had insensitivity in a boatload. I was so bad. I'm surprised I still got friends here and friends that still come along to church with me. People, it got to the point, and actually, Judith, where is she? Oh, Judith said to me last night, do you know, when we, our kids were at school, everyone used to call you a Bible basher, you know? And I went, I'm not bothered. I don't care. I was a Bible basher. But it got to the point I just wasn't very good at it. I was too much Got to the point I'd see people in the shop and they'd be hiding behind (laughs) the thing. Just people around me were avoiding me. And we don't want that, do we? We don't want people to be scared of you because you just bashing them over the head with a Bible. So we mustn't do that. That was me. The next one is fear, where you're that scared to say anything. Now, this was Stu. I'm going to tell you a story about Stu. When we first became Christians, we were having a prayer meeting just in our living room. There's probably about 12 of us there. And there was a young lad there, he was about 18, and he was just so excited about Jesus. And all of a sudden, he just got up, went out of the house, out my front door. We live on a street house, so everyone's just there. And he went out, and then five minutes later, he'd come back in. We said, where have you been? He went, I just felt Jesus told me to go out and tell the first person that I saw that Jesus loved them. And we were like, did you do that? And he went, yeah, this man went past. So I just went, Jesus loves you so much. And we were like, okay, that's great. Anyway, on the Saturday, Stu was at, um, he was when he played rugby then, when he was fit and young, played rugby. (laughs) And he was in the changing rooms and everyone was just getting changed for this match. And this guy went, Stu, I was walking past your house the other day. And this young lad came out and told me that Jesus loved me. What's all that about? And she went, oh, it can't be in my house. I wasn't, <laughs> I, I wasn't in that night. I don't know anything about it. So that's the opposite. That's being a bit scared. But we just need to just, you know, get in between. And telling others about Jesus, it should come naturally out of our own personal relationship with God. And as I said, you know, if you feel like you've lost your passion to tell others, you know, it can be through fear or even disappointment because we've told loads of people before and, you know, we've been disappointed where maybe that they haven't, they've took no notice for you or they've actually come to church and then they've walked away and it's so disappointment, disappointment, but we'll pray for you today. Or maybe you haven't even shared your faith with anyone yet. So let's get started today. That's what we're going to encourage you. So I'm going to talk about some P's now. I think I've got about five of them. The first one is presence. And we're called to be salt and light. Matthew five, thirteen to 16. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. And that's us as Christians. We're called. We're called to be in the world. Don't like when you become a Christian, you know, leave all your friends and just have your church friends. No, we're called to be in the world we're called to be different we're called to stand up for what is true what is right and what is biblical and Bill tells me that in the olden days when they didn't have fridges which Bill didn't have a fridge either you know um, that they used salt to preserve meat to keep meat fresh and from going off they would rub salt into it and you know that's us we in society we're here to stop society from going bad, and we can look at the world now and think, "Oh my goodness, what a bad place!" And you know what bad lives people live in. But trust me, without God and without God's presence in the world and without His people in the world, it would be, you know, well, it'd be hell basically. So that's us. We need to be salt. We need to stand up against injust- injustice, discrimination, speak out against racism, amongst lots of other things. And also, we are called to be light and to allow the light of Jesus to shine through us. People around us, wherever God has placed us, should notice our consistency, honesty, truthfulness, hard work, reliability, avoidance of gossip, and a desire to encourage others. Now, we can quite often encourage each other in church, but... Encourage people outside of church. Encourage your friends or people who you're just talking to. Just bring, like, encouragement into their lives. That's what we're called to do. And then people will notice that there's something different, and that's when they'll want to know more about us. And then also, we're called to do um, good deeds. Now, we don't do good deeds to earn God's love because we cannot earn God's love. He couldn't love us anymore. Even if we didn't tell anyone else in the world or do any good deeds, he would still love us. So we don't do it to earn it. We do it because we love him first and we love other people. And that's why we do our good deeds. When I think about good deeds, I always think about Mother Teresa, who was a Catholic nun, and she just gave a life to the people of India, people dying of HIV and AIDS and leprosy. She gave a whole life to loving And serving them. She was actually sainted in the Catholic Church for her good works. And also I think of uh, Jackie Pullinger. Now we've seen her a bit on this Alpha course. In 1966 she just got on a ship. And got off where God told her to get off. And it was Hong Kong. And she just got stuck right in there. And she's just served the poor. And really, you know, the drug addicts and the people who nobody wants anything to do with. And she's seen miracles happen. You know, read one of her books. She's so good. And she was actually given an MBE for all the work she's done. Now, we're not all, you know, have... That. They were very unique callings for them. But we can all play our part. God has a, a unique plan for all of us. We do whatever it is out of God's love for others, not just to Bible bash them. I, I can say that now because I've tried it and it doesn't work. But people will see through that. It's about being genuine and being authentic by the Holy Spirit. It's all about the power of the Holy Spirit. It's about just going the extra mile for people and letting them know that you know, they matter and that they are loved. Whether they become Christians or not, You know, we've just got to love people. I've got another P. The rest of the P's aren't as long, so don't worry. That didn't sound right, did it? Persuasion. (laughs) Move on swiftly. Persuasion is the next one. So many people today have objections or questions about the Christian faith. They want answers before they are ready to become Christians. They need to be persuaded about the truth. In 2 Corinthians 5.11, the Apostle Paul wrote, Since then... We know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade people. The Alpha Course is a brilliant, you know, it's a brilliant place to do this. A place where people can come and ask whatever questions they want to in a relaxed and friendly environment. If you haven't done an Alpha Course yet, or if you haven't invited anyone, please do it. They're so good. Even if you've done one before, you can come again in our next one in September. I just uh, highly recommend it. Just to take the time out and just to, you know, listen and ask the questions you want to. And um, as Christians, we need to be prepared to answer people's genuine questions. You know, why does God allow suffering? What about other religions? There's lots of questions that people need to ask. And it's no good giving people our own opinions. We need to know what the Bible says, what God himself says. And can I just encourage you, get to know what it says in the Bible. If you've just become a new Christian on on the Alpha Course, get a Bible and get to know it, you know, get to know it for yourself. Um, You know, it's important to realise that people do genuinely want their questions answered. But with other people, you need to just be wise that actually, it's just a bit of a smokescreen. They're not really open, not really interested in God. Nicky Gumbel, who was the founder of the Elf Course, in his book talks about his friend. He was asked, getting bombarded by someone, all these questions and all these very difficult questions. And he was trying to answer them and then he just stopped and he just went, if we could answer all of your questions really well, would you become a Christ- uh, Christian? And he replied very honestly, no, I wouldn't become a Christian. Do you know what? I thought that's such a good question to ask someone who's just given you all these questions so you think they're not really interested in God they're just trying to be clever and you know just ask them you know will you become a Christian if I answer that see what happens and also if you don't know just get someone else along someone else will answer them questions for you so proclamation which is the heart of telling others it's a proclamation of the good news of Jesus it is announcing community communicating and proclaiming the Christian faith to those who are not Christians yet. There are many ways in which this can be done. One of the most effective ways is bringing people to hear the gospel explained by someone else, especially if you're a new Christian, because quite often when you become a new Christian, people notice the change in you. Derek was saying he noticed the change in Sarah so, but we, we're not quite ready to explain what has actually happened to us we're just not at that place so invite your friends invite them to church on a Sunday morning invite them to Alpha events put on by churches there's some really good events put on not just by our church but other churches so invite your friends along and yeah you could only say yes or no but there's no greater joy than helping someone to find out about Jesus. It's amazing. It's a privilege. And I don't think I've got the scripture for this. It's John 1, verse 40 to 42. I'm not putting it up on the screen. But it tells a story of Andrew, how he became a disciple of Jesus. And then he brought his brother Simon Peter to meet with Jesus. We don't hear much about Andrew, except that he's always bringing people to Jesus. But his brother, Simon Peter, went on to be one of the greatest influencers in the history of Christianity. So we can't all be Simon Peters, but we can all be like Andrew. We can all bring someone to Jesus to tell people about it. I'm going to use this now, what Toby made. Come and see, come and see. I have to, I have to be my crazy person. Thank you, Sarah Peacock. She made all the kids to make megaphones because it was all about why and how do we tell Jesus. But that's it. Tell people, come and see as loud as we can. Um, power. In the New Testament, the proclamation of the gospel is often accompanied by a demonstration of power. And Jesus came proclaiming, the kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. Jesus didn't stop there. He went on and he healed people everywhere he went. He healed them physically, spiritually, emotionally, and then he told his disciples to do what they'd been shown. And then, as believers, he told us to pray for people to be healed. And the power comes from the Holy Spirit. One Thessalonians 1.5, our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power. And there's people in this room today who will have um, stories of being healed by God. And God, I believe God wants to heal people again in this room. So if you need healing, if you've got anything wrong with you, anything at all, we'll pray for you today and God will heal you. Right, the last one is prayer, I'm nearly there. So prayer is essential in the area of telling others the good news. 2 Corinthians 4:4. the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God we need to pray for blind eyes to be opened and we'll pray that we'll pray that this morning many people are blinded to the gospel they can see physically but they cannot see the spiritual world we need to pray that the spirit of God will open the eyes of the blind so that they can understand the truth about Jesus most of us find that when we become Christians, that there's been somebody praying for us. It could be friends, family, for our eyes and our ears to be opened spiritually so we know that we need to receive Jesus for ourselves. And I can remember my sister, hi, Juju, my sister Juju, she was the only Christian in all of our family. She became a Christian when she was 11 and my parents weren't Christians. Um, my other two sisters and brother weren't Christians, and she prayed for us for, like, years. I mean, she became a Christian when she was 11, so I'll have probably only been one then, because she's a lot older than me, Juju. And, uh, <laughs> and she, like, she prayed for us, and she took us along to Sunday school, and then we stopped going to church as teenagers, but she prayed for years, and it got to a point where, I mean, Stu had started going along to a few social things in church, and her and the rest of her church, Ali and Beatrice, we're just really praying for our family. We're going through very difficult times. And they prayed for us. And within the six months um, of that particular period of time, bearing in mind she prayed for us for 20 years, but within the period of six months, I became a Christian. My sister Pauline became a Christian. Um, my brother Mickey became a Christian. My mum became a Christian. And Stu became a Christian. So everyone And the family who she was praying for became a Christian. That's amazing, that, isn't it? But it took, you know, a while. But don't give up on praying for people. Even if you've been praying for 30 years for someone, don't give up. (laughs) We just keep praying. I was looking at my friend then, sorry. Um, Yeah, we need to pray for ourselves. We need to pray for boldness. We really do. And last week, it was so good. Who enjoyed the baptisms last week? Oh, I mean, after that, we were just all buzzing, weren't we? I'm not going to like say any names because I know things are recorded and it's people from different nations, but when they got up and just spoke about how God had changed their lives in such amazing and dramatic ways and how their friends had told them about Jesus and it was their friends who brought them along and my heart was just pounding. I thought that was so amazing and then, then Sam got up at the end and Sam didn't say as much as the others, but he got up. And I think what he said was, I'm getting baptized today because I want to follow Jesus. And when he said it, I thought, that's so simple. But for him to get up in front of all these people and declare as a young man, I'm going to follow Jesus is so powerful. And our testimonies are so powerful. So it's important that you, we all have a story. And some people always say to me, I'm not going to tell my story because it's, it's a bit boring. You know, it's not, it's not very good. No, it's not boring. It's amazing. Our stories are amazing. Don't stop telling them and polish them up. It's such a good way to tell other people. Tell them your story. I've nearly finished, everyone. So it's so important for us to persevere in persuasion, proclamation, power, and prayer. And if we do that, over our lifetime, we will see many lives changed. It's never no use telling people about Jesus, for the gospel is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, so don't give up. And then I'm just going to nick something from Simon's preach last week. Is that all right? He told a story of Jodie. Um, Jodie was brought up on a farm and how she rescued this lamb out of this muck heap. You know, It was a heap where just all the muck and nasty things went And she just got stuck in there and rescued this lamb from there. And I just felt prophetically like over this church. For this time, I feel like that's what God is going to do with all of us, each and every one of us. People who maybe haven't shared the faith before or seen someone who they know become a Christian because that's such an amazing thing. He wants to give you the power, the power and the boldness to go and just rescue, rescue people. And bring them to know Jesus. So God just wants to, you know, tell you today, I'm doing that with you. You've just got to open your mouths and get involved with people. And then it reminded me of a Psalm 40, when Simon was speaking about that, verses one to three. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear, and to our God, many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. And I just felt that like scripture was for us today. I just wanted to say one more thing. I'm going to pray now, and we're going to pray for people if they want to become Christians this morning. If you want to become a Christian for the first time, or maybe. You've come today, and you maybe made a commitment, but it was years and years ago, and you feel you just want to recommit your life today. We're going to pray there. But I'm just going to say something. My friend said to me, I'm not going to embarrass anyone, but when we were talking the other day, she said to me, you haven't earned, Bible bashed me for a while. And I said, I know, I said, I'm just, it's not working. I'm just trying another approach at the minute. I'm just sitting back, and I'm just trying. And she said something she probably didn't think it was that interesting, but my ears pricked up. And she said, it comes like that, doesn't it? Like, you know, and like, it does come like that. Sometimes we feel so, so close to God when we're not Christians. I can remember before I become a Christian, feeling so close to God, yet not accepting Jesus, but rejecting him for whatever reason, whether I was scared, I don't know. And then there'll be times where you just don't feel him. So you just get on with your life. But there's times today, you know, today, if you have caught, or you feel that closeness today, don't ignore him today. There's just one choice. You know, we accept Jesus or we reject him. There's no middle ground. So if he's calling you today, please, and you do need him, you know, we need him. Not even just for now, but for eternity. Do you want to spend life with Jesus for eternity or do you want to spend it without him? And that's not a good place. That place is actually called hell. So today, I know that that sounds, I don't want to manipulate you in any way, but if you feel today, yeah, I can feel that. I can feel that he's drawn close to me. Don't, don't walk away today because do you know what? We never know when we're going to get a chance again. We really don't. We, we may never, this might be our chance to receive him today and we might not get another chance. So I'm just going to encourage you, please, don't walk away today without accepting Jesus. So, I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to bow our heads. I'm going to pray a simple prayer. If you want to ask Jesus into your life, just invite him in. Okay. Thank you. Lord Jesus, I now know that you are the Son of God and that you died on the cross for me, Lord. You died on the cross. For all the things I've done wrong, all the things I'm going to do wrong, all of my sin, all of my shame, you died on the cross for me. And I just pray today, I pray that you will forgive me, Lord. I ask for your forgiveness today. I pray that you will come into my life, come into my heart by your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Amen. If we just keep our heads bowed, I'm just going to ask not to put any pressure on anyone. But if you've said that prayer today for the first time, or you feel, I want to recommit my life right now, just put your hands up, just so we know, we're not going to embarrass you in any way, but just so we know today that you've done that. Just going to give a minute for that. I might even wait an hour, actually, if no one responds. But just put your hand, if that's you, and you think, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to do that today I'm not going to ignore I'm not going to reject Jesus anymore I'm not I'm going to do that right now just put your hand up I'm just going to say one more time if you know you can feel his presence near you don't ignore him just put your hands up right now